1: money lady gotta get him crazy jump in my Mercedes take me with run a baby oh yeah we live in Miami up oh yeah travel that. world what's up now I know you can't get enough the life Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. That was probably the jam of the century. Usually we do a mashup at the beginning, but today is a special day. Uh, Today is the premiere of Real Housewives of Miami. Uh, It lasted three seasons on Bravo, and now they have brought it back for a fourth season over on Peacock. Now, Peacock is the new NBC Universal streaming service, and they are trying everything in their power to get us over there. They did Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. You can see Below Deck, like, a week early on that. They did Kyle. uh, They put a Halloween Kills, like, right the day when it was in the movie theater. And Kyle just did a holiday movie, which we'll be talking about on the show as well next week. Um, So it has tons of stuff. I mean, believe me, we're, I mean, you know. (laughs) <laughs> we're not lacking of streaming services. I mean, like if there's, I mean, there should be a law that there's no more, like we've got all that. We're good on streaming services, right? We're good. We're good. But Peacock has actually turned out to be really great. I've I've enjoyed it pretty much from the beginning. They have like the office on there without commercials. But Real Housewives of Miami has premiered today, folks. You If you have Peacock right now or if you get it, I think you get it for a week free. I swear to God, they have not paid me anything for this. Peacock, if you're listening, please pay me. Uh, but I have seen the first two episodes of the new reboot of Real Housewives of Miami, and it is excellent. It is... It, <laughs> I I can talk about it now because it comes out. Um, and I was so like, I literally told you this the other day. I was so excited because I don't usually get the screeners. So like, this is like, this is a big moment for me. Like I, I've this may, this makes me feel like I'm doing something with my life. How sad is that? But I was so excited. They gave me two episodes and I watched both of them. And I got to tell you, and this is the highest compliment I can give it. It's a housewife show. You know what I'm saying? It's that it's, it's, it's a housewife show it's in the dna it's right there baby like it is so good so that song you heard is it's called feel the rush by adriana de mora who is a cast member of this new season and she was in the first three seasons of real housewives of miami and she is a character i really want to talk to her on the podcast someday she uh is she sells art She's obviously a singer. I do not know why she hasn't kept up with that. Her love life is fascinating. The first two episodes, you know, the first two episodes, you get to catch up with like four of the characters that we already knew. We even, you guys, get a Mama Elsa voiceover that starts the whole thing, and it is so beautiful. I almost teared up. Now, if you guys don't know, if you were like me, I never watched Real Housewives of Miami to begin with, right? I got into it this past year because of my friend Medica Lopez. Um, and she says, you got to watch it. Why Why haven't you watched it? And a lot of people are like, why haven't you watched it? I'm like, stop yelling at me. Um, but I started watching it and I was like, oh, sh- this is good. This is why didn't I watch it? And the second season is even better than the first. So we're covering all of it on the Patreon. We recap each episode and we're over halfway through of the second season and we're going to keep on going through the end of the third. If you want to follow along with us, there's like, probably like 16 episodes of Miami over on the Patreon. You can get it for a couple bucks a month. I swear to God, this isn't a promotion for that. But hey, yeah, if you want to join in with us, me and medita lopez we recap it but what's so cool though is that i have not finished season three i've only on season two i've only been watching each episode and then recapping it so all of a sudden i'm like fast forwarding it's like some kind of weird tv show where all of a sudden they fast forward seven years and i'm like no way oh my god look at their faces um and (laughs) i was watching real Housewives of orange county tonight how good was that you guys, the recap is coming on Friday. Let me just give you a little taste of what you're going to hear. Shannon Bador, first scene right out of the gate says, "I got seven vials of filler put in my face last year, and I'm trying, and I'm trying to get it all out." And she's, she's at the doctors, and she has this, like Vaseline just slathered on, oh, like her face looks like a wet and wild slide. Like we. I'm riding Shannon Bedore's face. That sounds way dirtier than it was meant to be. <laughs> fun Shannon theme park. Roll down the vials of filler. Um, but I was I was also OC as like the face work on I IC- OC. That's what I always call it. Like amazing face work. There's two kinds of amazing face work, right? There's the face work like that Kyle Richards does where it's like, oh, zoics, like all those kind of face, like big faces or like Rena, like, hey, look at all the faces I'm making. (laughs) And then there's, you know, great face, like then there's like really big face work, which is just like what people have done to their faces. And you really notice it with O.C., And you really notice it on the Peacock version of of Miami because you get to see all of these ladies nine years later, and it is wild. So by today, before we get into our news and all that stuff, I want you to know our guest today is a legend. Her name is Leah Black. She was on the first three seasons of Real Housewives of Miami. She's a mover. She's a shaker. You know her for her galas, but she has her own podcast, her YouTube channel. She has like all her facial stuff, which we talk about, and uh she is a character. I, I mean, I used to hear about her from Ronnie and Ben. Watch what crap happens before I even watch Miami. And they said, oh, my God, she's amazing. She's amazing. And she was amazing. You will crack up. I think a good 15 minutes of the conversation is she doesn't know how to have AirPods in her ear and they keep falling out. And her assistant has to keep handing them to her. And it, I've talked to you guys about this before, right, where you're in an interview and it feels so much like a scene in the show that you feel completely, you're like, oh my, it's like the, the weirdest out-of-body experience you can have. Because you feel like you're like, oh my God, is this, am I watching an episode? Wait, oh no, am I talking in this episode? Because you're just watching her be Leah, and you watched her so much on the show that you're like, oh my God, you're Leah. Like, and I know that sounds crazy, I know it is, but you listen and see if you felt the same thing. So it's wild. Like the, the I, and I apologize if the sound is a little wonky- but just bear with me on those things. Trust me, I I try to do as best as I can. Uh, we'll see how bad this is. But just know, Leah is amazing. And I hope, to, uh, I hope to talk to her again. Because we didn't get into half the things I wanted to get into. But she gave us over 30 minutes, and that was so, so generous of her. Uh, we do talk about why she is not in the reboot of uh, the Peacock series. And I gotta tell you, I loved it. But I would have loved to have seen Leah. Because Leah was kind of she was kind of one of the focal points where things happened around her. Like, she was always, not on the outside, but she was always kind of and very lo- looked up towards, but always a lot of people were jealous of, and the way she handled things was very interesting, and she, I don't know, it was great, and you get a little bit of sense of that when you hear her, uh, and of course, like I said earlier, Mama Elsa was a star in the first three seasons of this. Her daughter Maris- Marisol is in the reboot as well, and she is remarried to the love of her life now. Remember, she was with a gentleman in the, the. Uh, she got married in the first season in the Icy Snow um, but she has now found somebody that her it's her, her kindred soul, their little two kindred souls, she says. Uh, we also have Larza Pippen, or as I say, Larva Pippen. LOL. Uh, you might know her from the Kardashians or from the basketball players she's dated, but also she was on the first season of Real Housewives of Miami, and she wasn't on the second or third, just the first, and Scottie Pippen, the basketball player, her husband at the time was on there as well. And it was incredible because... I know, I like I said, I didn't watch Miami, so I knew Larza Pippen from, like, the Kardashians and all that stuff and all of, like, the dating rumors. So to see her the first season of Miami and she has a totally different face, and I'm not saying what face is better or anything like that, but it's just, it's a stunning difference when, in the first season... You know, there's some shadiness, but she's all about her family. And I'm not saying she's not about her family now, but it was just, you guys know if you saw it, it's very different. Well, we get to catch up with Larza Pippen and her big storyline, you guys, is she's big on OnlyFans. And she's doing feet pick. And she says she's trying to find a boyfriend on OnlyFans. And her friend goes, don't you have to pay to be on OnlyFans? And she's like, yeah, like weeds them out. (laughs) And she like says she just gets into conversations with them on OnlyFans and, you know, she's considering selling feet pics, which always, it's a, it's a big moment in a young man or woman's life when they decide, do they want to sell feet pics or not? And you guys know my stance on it. These feet are for sale. Like on it, like honestly, you want some feet? Here they are, baby. I support you. Larva Pippin. Um, but she is great because it's just such a stunning change from when we saw her on Miami until now. And we of course have Alexia, Alexia, by the way, when we saw her on the first and second in the old Real House was in Miami, she was married to a gentleman named Herman. And I don't know guys. And also I'm so sorry, sorry if I'm spoiling anything for you, but it's out. The two episodes are out on Peacock today. So please, I don't, I'm so sorry. I'm going to say some things that might spoil it. But if you don't want it spoiled, just skip ahead like 10 minutes uh, because I want to talk about Lala and her fake ring from Randall and a couple of news stories. And then we're going to get into Leah. But I just want to talk to you about this and laugh with you about this because she was married to this dude Herman, this older gentleman, and then he passed away. And then it came out when he died that he might have – well, I mean that he was also gay and Alexia didn't know. And that – It it comes out in the show that her, that, that this guy, Herman's boy, why am I whispering? Why am I with nobody? Why am I whispering? Nobody that, that this guy, Herman's boyfriend, this young stud in like G strings, he was at Herman's funeral and they're at the end of the first episode. I think Alexia and Marisol are looking on the the phone at pictures of Herman's ex. And Alexia had no idea, no idea that he might have been bisexual or gay or any of that because he had always been so amazing to her. And Alexia, by the way, is getting married again in this as well. And unfortunately, if you've paid attention to the news, let's just say that what is to come is going to be potentially horrifying to watch if they've captured any of it on camera. And I say that, I mean, just honestly, very, uh, it'll, I I'm curious how they will handle it, but just know this season, it just seems like it it has it all. Um, they also have a couple of new characters that we'll get into further, probably next week. Um, but one is the, the, the wife of Martina Natartalova, the tennis player, but she's also super flirty with Adriana, who, uh, who did, of course, the the theme song for today? Feel the rush, um, and she's all flirty with her. And if you remember from the Real Housewives of Miami reunion back in the day, uh, she um she fought with Joanna Krupa because she uh, Joanna Krupa was saying Adriana was being disrespectful to gays, and Adriana says, "I love the gays." Why, why did I just sound like Real Housewives of the Island, baby? Real Housewives, you know, I love the gays. Hey, by the way. Right now, wherever you are, work anywhere. Shout, "I love the gays," and they go, "Real housewives in the island, baby." And then whoever understands what you're saying, you'll know that they listen to the shit. <laughs> "I love the gays, real housewives in the island, baby." God, that is fun, guys. It is cleansing. Please try it. I love the gays. If you're joining me for the first time, hi, how are you? Thank you so much for being here. I hope you're enjoying yourself. This is how it is, day in day, day out. Um so sorry you guys about Wednesday or Tuesday what is uh so sorry I didn't have an episode today Wednesday. I got the uh the booster shot and I got the flu shot at the same time because uh I'm a brave man and it turns out like I you could hear at the end of Tuesday show when I was doing the o c recap that I was like feeling loopy, which I'm kind of feeling loopy right now again, and it, you know I'm not gonna lie to you. the booster sucked i mean it was i mean it was it sucked for like thirty six hours, and I finally come out of it a little like for the most part, but it sucked i i I just slept so much, but it's not that good sleep where you're like, yeah, look at me, how cozy, it's like painful sleep, and it's that like it's the kind of sick. I've always thought the, the sick that's the worst sick is that when you don't even want to watch TV, you know, you're like, I have all this stuff to watch and it hurts to watch TV. It's not fun. I want fun sick. I want like TV watching sick of like, I hope I'm sick forever sick. You know, like there are those moments where you're just like, I never want to get better. <laughs> I just want to sit in bed and watch Chris Lee nose No, I'm just joking. That's how I knew. I Actually, that was on the other night. It came on, and I immediately felt sicker. I was like, Chrisley Knows Best should not— Chrisley doesn't know anything. And I'm so sorry to Samaj and I know a couple other people, I, the four people that watch Chrisley Knows Best. It shouldn't be on the air. I'm calling for a ban of all Chrisley Knows Best, and I'm calling a ban of those stupid Duggars. And by the way, Duggers, we know your fam. we know the one girl, like, uh, had, like, a child violation, and I'm not, not the weird guy that just got— Uh, Sentence, But I guess she was babysitting a kid and the kid ran off for a second and it was a a big mistake. But here's the deal. If you're a Duggar and you're watching kids have kids, you better do everything by the flipping book right now. You know, like there better not be a missing kid. There better not be a kid that runs away. There better like we need to. Everything needs to be by the book because when you have a freak like Josh Duggar in your family, I'm sorry, you're going to get, and when you've been on TLC and preached your family goodness and all that crap and the real sickness is within your family, then you should not be like just proselytizing to millions. No, take care of your own and you better damn well sure that none of those kids are harmed. Ooh, sorry. didn't mean to get on that soapbox there. Okay. So back to Miami. It, uh, I just can't recommend it enough. I really am excited to see what you guys think of it. Um, Lisa Hochstein is also back. Lisa, of course, is married to the boob plastic surgeon of Miami. His name is Lenny. Um, we find out they, they do have two beautiful kids because that was one of the things in the initial season is that they couldn't have kids. And Lisa had been through so many miscarriages and it was really just, wow. But Lisa looks pretty much the same, except that, you know, it's like just more plastic surgery. So when I watch it as a dude, like, I don't know how you ladies watch it, but like, sometimes it's shocking to me because it's like, it's one of those other things we've talked about many times, not just on the show, but around the world is that everybody, all these girls that can afford plastic surgeon surgery, and I'm not talking just a little Botox or a little filler, I'm talking like extreme plastic surgery, It all turns out like where they're like all turning into one person. Like it's like, give me the Kardashian or give me, it's all, there's no uniqueness anymore. You know? Like I mean, it, it all feels like something that you would see at a nightclub. And that's always like, you know, everybody has a time and a place for a nightclub and I hope to go back to one, maybe seven more times in my life, but there's a time and place for a nightclub. And the thing is you don't want to get, you don't want to keep a nightclub look when you're in your late thirties. And no offense to everybody that's doing that, but it's one of those things too. I just think that like everybody looks so, I I don't know, that was a, a thought I was having while I was watching Miami and OC tonight was that I was like, we really have, and I know I'm saying something obvious, so don't roll, your, I can feel you guys rolling your eyes already, is that we really have screwed up, especially the standard of beauty, especially for women. Like, and I know you're like, yeah, no shit. But like, I was watching these shows and I was like, we have strayed so far from God's light. <laughs> we have like that's what I always I always like try to think in my head of like I've said this many times of one of the Kardashians going to heaven and God going like, uh, you said you're Chloe? Uh I'm sorry, I don't uh and it's not who I created. Who no, that is definitely not the Chloe I created. Who are you again? Did you steal Chloe's license? That is not Chloe, I know that from I know wait, I know Chloe. <laughs> Oh, by the way, somebody sent me, oh, this is dark. Somebody just, one of my friends found this out for the first time today. The divorce papers with Lamar Odom and Khloe Kardashian. Did you guys ever, this is why, but remember, Lamar was on like severe drugs, but he said in court papers, and I, I wish I was joking, he said that Khloe's private area smelled like the the back of like the the back of an earring like the thing that holds an earring in he said this in court papers I don't know what the but I mean that's so so specific isn't it like who says that about somebody they love even if like it it it, it smells like oh he smells like earring backs yeah so and Lamar o- Odom got kicked out of court after telling the judge this. Oh yeah. So this is an article from 2016. It says uh from Vibe magazine, it looks as if Chloe um sorry guys, I should be more prepared here. It looks like Chloe Kardashian has moved on with Tristan Thompson and it appears real. A year ago, Lamar Odom wasn't too far from death. The media was ready to write him off and Chloe put her relationship with James Harden on ice to nurse him back to health. Now the two are in divorce c- court likely in response to Chloe Kardashian moving on with Tristan, Lamar Odom is not going down without a fight. According to several reports online, Lamar Odom had nothing had nothing nice to say about his ex-wife. He was allegedly kicked out of court after telling the judge that Chloe's private parts smelled like earring backs. Like damn. Damn. I don't think Chloe ever responded to that, but damn. Whew. Um so yeah. Uh, anyways, real house, (laughs) sorry, that was a little detour. I swear to God, I think about that like once a month where I'm like, did Lamar Odom really say that Chloe's down there smelled like earring backs? And now of course I'm wondering if Tristan Thompson, like Tristan, can we get confirmation on that? You piece of shit. Um, okay. I wanted to talk to a couple news stories before we get into Leah. Uh, this is just so, you know, and remember at the end of this segment, we're going to do that five minute break for commercials and then we'll go right into Leah. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, remember I am mailing out Xmas cards to all Patreon members. If you're a Patreon member and you haven't, please fill out the form giving us your address. I will be mailing overseas as well because, it's the holidays and I love you. And the holiday card is something unique that me and Meditza collaborated on. Um, okay, so one of the new stories I wanted to talk about is Ben Affleck. Mr. Affleck was on the Howard Stern Show. You guys know I love Howard. And he was talking about, um, you know, he was talking about his alcoholism and his, uh, you know, divorce from Jen Gardner. And here's the thing. And you can, it, you know, context is very important here. It just upset me. Um, it upset me. uh, Well, let me tell you what he said first. So Ben Affleck addresses Jennifer Gardner divorce comments. Uh, oh, actually, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, did he just, oh, he just, okay. He just responded to the comments today. Okay. But he originally said Ben Affleck says he felt trapped in his marriage to Jen Gardner. Ben Affleck opened up about his marriage to Jennifer Gardner, Gardner and social media is not happening. It's part of why I started drinking, Affleck told Stern, because I was trapped. We had a marriage that didn't work. This happens with somebody that I love and respect, but to whom I shouldn't be married any longer. Ultimately, we tried, we tried, we tried because we had kids. I was like, I can't leave because of my kids, but I'm not happy. What do I do? What I did was drink a bottle of scotch and fall asleep on the couch, which turned out not to be the solution. Um, and then it says some on social media took Affleck to task for, in their opinion, blaming Gardner for his addiction. Um, Ben Affleck. Oh yeah. And then, oh my God, did they quote me in this? Oh no, but, uh, I will say, so I, I remember this one when Ben Affleck relapsed the last time a couple of years ago, there was a very haunting photo of Jennifer Gardner and her friend driving. Ben Affleck to rehab. And uh it is it is really just one of the hardest photos because you can tell he's been bawling. And they even stopped at Jack in the Box on the way there to get him food. Because I'm assuming he was probably hungover. And like there's this really horrible shot of her pushing the Jack in the Box bag back to a crying Ben Affleck. And it is the saddest image. It is one of the most powerful images. And I mean, yes. There is humor in it, but just this really weird, dark humor of it that, of course, you know, I appreciate. But, like, even then, they had been split up for a long time, and it just shows Jennifer Gardner was still there for Ben. And I'm not saying that they should be together, because, so God, no. Jennifer Gardner truly seems like an angel. And I'm not even a huge fan of her work, but I'm a huge fan of her. Like, what a powerful—and that is the thing, you guys. I will say this. This is the difference. One of the differences between men and women, and I do this myself— women deal with issues. Women deal with their problems. Men drink a bottle of scotch. Men run. Men hide. Men sometimes don't face things head on. Now, speaking of somebody who is divorced myself, um, that was so... I didn't go out and get wasted and all of that stuff. I mean, I, I was... Right. Drinking, but not to the extent of a Ben Affleck or anything like that, because, you know, listen, I had a full time job, but it took a long time to not admit defeat, but to get to where, you know, we could both admit that this wasn't uh, going to work. And it's really still one of the worst things that ever happened in my life, um, honestly. And I think about it every day. And it doesn't mean that I have, I cannot move on. It doesn't mean any of that, but it's one of those things that you can't just forget. You want to be able to acknowledge and honor it and respect it. In fact, my ex's birthday is, uh, is on Thursday and, uh, it's just really, those things are hard, you know, um, because it wasn't all bad, but anyways, this is about Ben and not about me, but you know what? I think I have strong opinions about it because I have been there and I do notice that, I think one of the reasons why I do respect women so much is because you all like face shit head on and we don't, you know, and we don't for a lot of reasons, but for Ben's reasons, it sometimes seems a little self-serving. Um, so anyways, so he said that on CERN and I just, all I remembered was how much Jen was there for him or how it seemed from the outside. Now, my opinion was Ben shouldn't be speaking on this at all. Like, I'm, I appreciate that he was open on Howard, Howard really gets people to open up. And I think there is this amazing thing for men and especially men like, listen, I can vocalize. I can speak about my feelings and stuff like that. And I'm not that great in my actual life. But when a mic turns on, I can I can string a, a run on sentence or two together. Um, but it's harder sometimes to be a good person outside of all of that. And I think Ben Affleck is charming, good looking. He can speak. Uh, he's with J-Lo again. And I don't know. So my thing was just like, why not just not speak about it at all? So Ben Affleck addresses Jennifer Gardner divorce comments. And it says the exact opposite of who I am. It says, I would never want my kids to think I would ever say a bad word about their mom, said Ben Affleck, who shares kids with Jennifer Gardner. Um, during an appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live Wednesday night, the 49-year-old, The Tender Bar actor addressed remarks he made on The Howard Stern Show, which included that he'd probably still be drinking if he stayed married to Gardner. Quote, I would never want my kids to think I would ever say a bad word about their mom. The dad of three said that he thought his interview with Stern had been meaningful and didn't realize how his comments had been perceived until after it aired, adding that some listeners had taken the conversation and made it seem as if I was doing the exact opposite of what I said by focusing on on only one piece of their chat. In the interview with Stern, he explained I had gone on and said how much we respect each other and cared about each other and cared about our kids and put them first just made me out to be the worst, most insensitive, stupid, awful guy. While he said he understands that his personal life can make headlines or his pictures can be turned into
0: memes.
1: (laughs) uh, Affleck explained that when it comes to his family, I have to draw a line and be clear. He concluded that's not true. I don't believe that it's the exact opposite of who I am and what I believe during a stern interview. Affleck got candid about his struggles with drinking while married to Gardner. Um, if he had stayed, they would have ended up probably at each other's throats. Um, That's yeah, that's pretty much it. So listen, I was not happy with those comments, but shit, it's not my life. It's his life. Unfortunately, when you have your life and it's in the public eye and especially then when you go on to, you know, date the person that you were with initially that like just not catapulted you to fame because you were already there, but like really shine in even white hot burning spotlight which is what j-lo does with all of her relationships which he's back in like listen i'm glad that he is sober now i'm glad all of that stuff but i do sometimes question people and i don't know maybe their love is completely real but i do question people that want to have relationships in the public eye and i hope it is something so special and so real because that Is I don't know, like, I think the older I get, the more I realize wanting to be in the public eye, there's kind of this innate sickness to it. I mean, that is part of, like, our whole generation, right? Or even, like, social media of, like, look at me, look at me, like me, like me, like me. I do that all the time. It's kind of my – one of the parts of my existence now or how I really rely on on getting work. But, uh, yeah. So, anyways, also, you know, I make memes – purely off my gut reaction in that time and i'm a student of pop culture so my initial thought it was just remembering that picture of jen and ben with the jack uh jennifer gardner and ben with the jack in the box bag and i remember thinking even at that day of like man they're obviously not meant for each other but what a good lady what a good lady that she really wants to make sure he is okay and he is hopefully knock on wood so um I wonder if he meant me with that meme thing. Well, we're all making memes. It's fine. Um, Also, I was really proud of the meme I made with love. Actually that uh, we tell the truths around the holidays. If you guys have not seen it, please go to my Instagram. I was pretty proud of that one. That me and Meditza workshop today. The, the ones that went on the cutting room floor were wild. Just uh, I, I should put those out, but they, even some of them made me, uh, made me blush, but Um, Okay. And then the last thing before we get into Leah is, uh, and remember you guys, if you don't like hearing me bullshit, you can skip right to the Leah Black interview because the timestamp will be there. Gotcha. Perfect. Uh, The last thing is Lala Kent. Uh, This is great. Lala on her podcast today. Give them Lala, not with Rand. Um, She said that she took her ring, you guys, to a, a jeweler to have it appraised. I'm assuming she was going to sell it which means like either she's really trying to get back at rand or she's really desperate for money i mean that is wild but what a way to find out that another reason why your ex is a douchebag cuz the thing turned out to be fake you guys the ring and i know everybody's like no no shit this dude even lied about the ring isn't that wild So Lala on her podcast said uh, ex-Randall Emmett gave her a fake diamond engagement ring. Um, By the way, this is the way to get podcast listeners. I got to say somebody gave me something fake. I almost listened to the podcast because of this. Um, She recalled how a conversation Emmett and her mom had about how some rappers take shitty diamonds and make them pretty sparked her curiosity about her own diamond engagement ring. Upon further investigation, she claimed that she found out the ring she used to wear on her finger was, quote unquote, fake. Fake. Kent went on to explain that she decided to take her engagement ring to a highly recommended jeweler and that the jeweler Emmett had originally gone to, who Kent refused to name, but told listeners to Google, had allegedly been quoted multiple times saying that the ring is around $150,000. After finding the GIA certification, the Give Them Lala author said her jeweler, told her that the diamond had been treated by one or more processes to change its color. The diamond was mostly brown, and that its worth was in the teens, not six figures. I love any type of ring that is given and has sentimental value, Kent says. I don't care if it was $100. I don't care if it was $100 million. I don't, Kent continued. No wonder he, whose name we shall not mention, Randall, flew in four times. He had to make sure the shit-brown diamond was clear. Kent said that the original jeweler Emmett went to then admitted to her. Randall knew exactly what he was buying. He knew the diamond he was getting. She says it was just like, wow, there's not one piece of the five years I was with this person that has been truthful and honest. I bet this guy isn't even into pickleball, like he says. (laughs) A rep for Emmett did not immediately respond to people's requests for comment. Kent and the Midnight in the Switchgrass director called off their engagement in October. Uh, Lala was completely blindsided by all of this and was living in the dark for so long, but now she is doing the best she can to keep her chin up and pushing forward with taking care of her daughter and supporting her family. Lala, welcome back to the world. Welcome back to the world. Also, this is dark, but I saw, you know, on Vanderpump Rules last night, they had another or the episode last week, they had a pickleball tournament and those pickleball paddles was the old give them. Lala and Rand with Rand um, logo was on the pickleball paddles and me and my like, like booster fever dream I was in, I was like, I need one of those paddle ball. I need one of those pickleball paddles with the logo. And I was like, I wonder if, I wonder if I can find any. And then I, I shit you not guys, there is a company that Randall must have teamed with that sells them for a hundred dollars a paddle. For a pickleball paddle, get the fuck out of here! I'd pay like I was like I'd pay ninety. <laughs> I'd pay I'd pay eighty. I'd pay like twenty. I'd pay i tw- I'd pay. Ah, it's it is a collectible because they're not together anymore. I paid thirty for my reality show museum, but like I couldn't believe that there is a company. This wasn't even like on eBay. Like I'm just like you know my buddy Logan who was the bartender in that scene. It's not like he's even selling his. There is a company that is making these rackets. Like Randall really wants to be in the pickleball business. So wild, you guys, man, I have a feeling Lala is going to continue to find out a bunch, a bunch of lies. And I don't know, like, it's just got to be hard because I feel like I said the other night, she's treated people a certain way. I think sometimes based on the relationship she had. So I hope she's okay. I hope all of, and, and I'm very interested to see how this plays out, if it plays out on a new season of Vanderpump Rule. I just, I do want it over, and it was, I was sick watching it last night, and I fell asleep for like 30 minutes, and I have not even went back to watch it, because then I woke up, and it was like Tom and Tom, like, breaking up in a way, and then I was just like, this is so weirdly fake, and they had Schwartz riding his bike over to Sandoval's house to break up, and I was like, Okay, this is so like, please don't treat us like idiots. We are a sophisticated audience that hate watch thing with passions with a passion. we don't don't do this to us, like treat this as real. there's they have not broken up. I just saw them at like nothing like this isn't real. It made me really upset, and then the other thing, Katie was on watch what happens live with Sheena and Brock, which I ugh. and uh and Katie was there, and they said. That Tom couldn't be there because of a family emergency, but then my friend pointed out that Tom was in Katie's Instagram stories uh, yesterday, and he was there again today with their dog. So I don't know what the the family emergency is, or hopefully everybody's okay. So, but my friend speculates that something is wrong, something is up. So if you guys know anything, I know I'm not like a uh, a demois bravo and cocktails kind of account, but. I would personally love to know. So you guys, that's uh, just a quick 39-minute intro, but I wanted to tell you about Real Houses in Miami on Peacock. I want you guys to watch it. I think you're going to love it. And I needed to, uh, to, to, yeah, just catch up with you guys. I'll be back on Friday with a solo recap of the third episode of Real Housewives of Orange County. Please join me. Let's make this fun. Let's make this like Beverly Hills. Let's party. Let's like let's start the Friday off with like a jam because by the way Shannon Bidor with Vaseline all over her face getting filler removed is the way you want to start a weekend. So ladies and gentlemen, uh I think this next guest is a legend. You will know her from the first 3 seasons of the uh Real Housewives of Miami, but she has her hands in everything. She is a mover and shaker and I think she's kind of one of the queens of Miami. We'll see how the pandemic affected that though. Uh, her website is Leah black.com L E A B L A C K.com. And that is Leah black beauty, which we talk about that has been around for decades now, uh, has perfect stocking stuffers. You can get 40% off of beauty products and submissions, uh, subscriptions. I'm sorry. And, uh, I don't know. I thought she was awesome. You've heard her with Jeff Lewis all the time. I know she's going to be back there Thursday, December 23rd for three hours. And she also has her own podcast and YouTube channel. But I think she is endlessly entertaining. Like I said, she is trying to find her AirPod, or or it keeps falling out of her ear. And I wish. Well, here's the deal, guys. If you guys have listened this far, we will be starting the YouTube channel in the new year. I don't know if you've ever wanted to see me interview these people or if that's your jam. But you will be seeing that in the new year. I hope you want it. I'm very nervous about it myself. But I thought. It's like times like these where I'm like, you need to see Leah having the AirPod fall out of her ear and her assistant keep giving it to her. It was one of the best little physical bits of comedy. And I know she didn't mean to do it, but she's just kind of naturally funny anyways. And she has the best laugh. So anyways, without further ado, I think she's a living legend, Leah Black. Oh, but first commercials and then five minutes after that, Leah Black. credit card. We will be back to the show in just one second, folks. I wanted to actually do a couple of commercials. The sponsors for this week, uh, two great sponsors. uh, They have been with us before and I'm very happy that they are with us again. Our first one is BetterHelp. So this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Um, So you guys know I've talked about this ad nauseum and I'm going to talk about it again. Mental health is one of the biggest things that we need to focus on in this country and for ourselves. Uh, it is just like working out for your brain and you've got to push yourself to do it because great results can happen and you can't do it alone. And that is where better help comes into play. Um, I have done therapy for many years. I do therapy. I've done better help before. I do know that these things help. Um, I think always the best way to think about therapy is through kind of like, you know, uh, it's like a bunch of analogies. You know, you get the oil change on your car. It prevents bigger issues down the road. You see a doctor. You go to the gym. You take care of your bodies. You don't want to, you know, you want to prevent injury and disease. And we do chores regularly. I don't, but you guys supposedly do uh, to avoid a messy house. So going to therapy, it's like all of that stuff I just talked about. It's routine maintenance for your mental and emotional wellness to prevent bigger issues down the road. So going to therapy, it doesn't mean something's wrong with you. I think that is a huge misconception. And there is this kind of stigma that I personally want to try to fight against so bad because it is it is something that you should be proud to do. Um, or once you've done it, there is this sense of pride. Go into it knowing that you are making just such a big, important, good decision for yourself. You are investing in yourself, saying that I deserve this. Um, so BetterHelp, it, it's customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So You don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to, which is another huge thing. Even though I personally, I like the on-camera. I like, it's the same thing with interviews. I like looking at somebody to be able to bounce. I think that's an important part for me personally, but I love that you're able to choose for yourself. Uh, It's also, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Um, So why invest in everything else and not in your mind. It doesn't make sense. You got to. So the podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, this podcast, and So Bad It's Good listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash so bad. That's B E T T E R H E L P dot com slash so bad. And especially during the holidays, I think this stuff even doubles and triples. There are so many emotions and so many thoughts that come out during this period of time and even just something great to start the new year with. Uh our second one uh this is a fun one. It's best fiends time, you guys uh it is the busiest time of year, like I just said, so if you need a break from all the intensity from all the familial stuff, from all the gift uh the gift giving from all the supply chain problems, best fiends is the perfect pick me up It is seriously, it's my new favorite game. I even play it now while I watch t v itself, so I'm playing the game. And I'm watching television. Who said... That's what you call a double threat, folks. I am a double threat. Uh, Best Friends is a match-three-style puzzle and adventure game all rolled into one. And with more levels being added all the time, there's always something new to play. Um, Best Fiends, it has it all. It has a great storyline... Uh, collectible fiends, which if you play the game, you'll understand what that means, and tons of fun puzzles. Uh, I can't put it down. It's quite possibly the best puzzle game out there. Uh, No Wi-Fi? No problem. Play Best Fiends whenever and wherever you want because they have an offline mode. So even if your holiday travels take you off the beaten path, even if you're at the airport waiting for hours or even on the airplane itself or traveling across country with a loved one or just trying to uh, ignore the loved ones in a different room, you can still play Best Fiends. Uh, It is, like I said, one of my favorite kind of time savers. And you kind of feel smart doing it because puzzles Always make me feel smart. Uh, Download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. And just by the way, I know, I hope I'm not slurring. That is Fiends. So it's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Um, But uh, yeah, so guys, check that out. Uh, Just check it out. I think it's a great thing, and especially for the holidays. And you guys now, back to the remainder of the show. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen... Welcome back to iHeartRadio. So bad it's good. Uh, Today's guest, I have been wanting to talk to for the last couple of years. Uh, I hear nothing but amazing things. Uh, Ben and Ronnie uh, told me a hysterical story about taking her to Ross for the first time, uh, which I would (laughs) love to hear about. By the way, this is already off the rails.
0: I got it. It fell off. It's the damn diamond earring, they take priority.
1: This is already going better than I ever thought it could. Uh, Julian Brandy, we were talking about her the other week and she said, you got to talk to Leah. and I was like, I (laughs) I want to talk to Leah. Um, And (laughs) I think they put in a good word. So we have philanthropist, mother, wife, uh, beauty entrepreneur. We're going to talk about some beauty products and one of the best Twitterers that I know out there. Uh, Do you follow my Twitter? Oh heck yeah, that's how I know. Well, all about you see politics. how
0: outraged I've been lately about everything. I know. Are
1: you are you okay, first off? That's it. No.
0: I'm trying to recover from last night. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. So
1: I the, you guys, last night, of course, was were the elections. And if you follow Leah Black on Twitter, she kind of breaks down things in a very passionate way. Now I'm gonna
0: have to go to Washington and start running the show. I can just tell you right now. If you do that, can we
1: can we make that a reality show if you do that? Well, whatever you want to
0: make of it, but somebody's gotta get
1: Them straightened out over there. Why to be me? (laughs) uh, I know this isn't a political uh, podcast, but I was cracking up about the
0: uh,
1: QAnon folks in Dealey Plaza yesterday. Uh, JFK Jr. was supposed to come back, and it turns out he didn't. So once again, they were foiled. Which I just feel bad for them at this point. You know.
0: You know, it's getting to be really sad because all our dreams are not coming true. <laughs> James, I dropped my thing again.
1: <laughs> yep,
0: they're not coming true. Sorry, uh, I wish they had that kind of power. I'd love to see JFK, wouldn't you? It's so oh, fabulous.
1: It would be amazing, but you think if JFK was still with us, he would just find way better things to do. And he's got to not be happy with his fan base at this point, you know?
0: Yeah. He well, he'd be doing that magazine and running for president, and I'd probably be the I'd probably be like the social secretary throwing <laughs> the parties.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of social secretary, you know, I, I just watched Real Housewives of Miami for the first time in the last two years during the pandemic. I don't know why I didn't watch it the first time, but you really are the star of that show. Like you were on the first season, you lasted the whole time, and you were the social secretary and you still are of (laughs) Miami. You seem to be the person that puts everybody together. Um, I guess the first question is, why are you not going to be on the reboot? Like this, That's ridiculous to me. It's ridiculous.
0: You know, when they called me, I was in LA. So start there. And then they were filming in Miami and I was there. And so I would have had to come here. So to begin with, I wasn't that enthused about it. And then my conversation with the producer, just like, Turned me off so much, I just like you know this is a sign that I'm not supposed to do it. <laughs> I yeah. just didn't do it, and it just uh, didn't work out.
1: Well, we're I mean, we're definitely going to miss you because it doesn't feel like Miami without you. Or I mean, we'll, we'll see what it is. Well, but
0: thank you.
1: Well, you also were well, let's in. let see what
0: it's going to be. So you got a choice between class and trash. Let's see which way
1: they go. <laughs> class and trash—that's <laughs> beautiful. Um, no, it's just, just one of those. See what
0: direction it takes? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, was your experience on that show though? Like, is, is that something that you would still? I mean, we saw you on Flipping Out, of course, which your episodes yeah. were iconic with Jeff. You guys have a great chemistry. Is that something that you would still consider doing? I mean, it's something you definitely don't have to do. You're in a good position where you don't have to be on reality shows where a lot of these other ladies seem like they're begging to be on shows, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, I feel for the ones that that do it because they have to or they really need the money because you you really can't be your authentic self when you're doing that. You've got to be grabbing for camera time and making up a storyline and, you know, trying to get noticed. And when if you can just be yourself and be, you know, whoever you are in the world, then I think those are the more interesting people to watch. So I don't know. I mean, I've always loved, I I love reality TV. I think it's been a great opportunity, great platform for a lot of people. A lot of people have done very well with it. And, uh, you know, so good for all of them, you know, for me, it's very, very time consuming. It's extremely time consuming and it's emotionally draining. And I like to work with the caliber of people that I feel I am compatible with. And if I feel I'm not compatible with them or, you know they have different priorities and values than me. Then the mix isn't so good.
1: Yeah, no, that that basically. makes complete sense. Um, yeah, you were you are famous for throwing your galas, which is for a very very good <laughs> cause. But we got to yeah. see some of that on the Housewives. I mean, in terms of like pandemic and things like that. I mean, when might we see you throwing another gala again?
0: I don't know if that's ever going to come to be because my first big celebrity performer was Barry Gibb. And my last big celebrity performer was Aretha Franklin. And I had everyone in between. And they all performed for free except for two. So it's hard to top that. And when I started 25 years ago, it was I got everything donated and then it became a cottage industry where people started charging for the flowers and then they started charging for the this and charging for the that. I'm not into that because we gave about 99% of the money that came in actually to the charity. And I funded a lot of it myself. So it cost me a lot to do it. Plus I had to go to a lot of other people's events to do it. So I just will, I have figured out other ways to, to donate like uh, you know when the when the hurricane came we had a big tent uh, recruit where we got hundreds of people to send tent money for tents we bought the tents and shipped them there so there are other ways to do it other than the gala I think the galas are kind of coming gone since COVID I, I don't know that I see them rebounding back people aren't as Anxious to get all dolled up in a ball gown and $600 shoes, you know, and argue with me about where they're going to sit and why they paid more for the shoes than the ticket. And, you know, (laughs) how much more money can you give me? So I don't know. We'll see.
1: Um, It was really amazing television though, which is, uh, but it was always for a good cause. And I always love that there are people like you out there. And I feel comforted when I read your Twitter, even though, you know, you're very angry, obviously, and for good reason. But I like, (laughs) I always, I always feel comforted because I'm like, okay, if somebody like you is taking the time to be involved as you are and to say like, because you don't have to do any of this stuff. Like, I always think when people- get to a certain level it's like i just go to an island and just lay there for the rest of my life and you are always yeah. throwing your opinion in i think going for what's right no but like whether you it, like it or not no but i think it's yeah. like a really good yeah. thing it actually i we need people like you out there why do you keep doing that i mean you like what
0: well, th- the question is why aren't more people doing it i mean to me that is the question i don't get that it's unusual to me i can't even imagine living in a world where i woke up and did not care whether the planet was burning or whether mother had money for her kids for school or for food, or whether, you know, kids were caged at the border, and not speak out about it. I can't understand why other people are just so passive about it. So for me, it's just not even a choice. I'm just driven to do it. And I cannot help myself when I see something that's so blatantly unfair, unjust, or wrong. I'm going to stand up. You know, my husband's a criminal. Well, he's got he's a he's a criminal defense attorney is what he's really known for. But he also fights big, huge civil lawsuits and battles when they're battling over money, billionaires battling over money. I don't get that invested in it. I don't, you know, whoever but when they're battling <laughs> over going to jail or not going to jail or being wrongly accused, I do get invested in it because I don't, I don't like it. And I think the punishment often doesn't meet the crime, not just in the courtroom, but in life. I mean, so many people do so many good things. They have great intentions and what happens to them. And then you yeah. have these losers out there that have the worst of intentions to care about no one, but themselves. And <laughs> maybe that's the easier way to live. I don't know. But they seem to get away with it.
1: It it is kind of infuriating. Like, we live in a a society right now that is infuriating where I have to watch reality shows every day to have some sort of escape from how crazy things are, you know? That's
0: become a guilty pleasure. Exactly, yeah. it, It should just be like, oh, my God, everything in life is working so well. That let's just have some time off to have some fun. No, this is like I've got to escape from this reality that we're living in and go watch somebody else that has bigger problems making a bigger pool out of themselves. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? Yeah,
1: that's the uh, code name for Bravo, by the way. Yeah. Bigger pools <laughs> of themselves. It? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a new it. branding. <laughs> um, uh, I actually speaking, yeah. of hus- speaking of your husband. Speaking of your husband, is it true he uh, you were like a juror and he hit on you and that's how you guys met?
0: That's partially true. I was a juror. I didn't meet him until months after. Um, actually, the trial was in December, and then I met him during Hurricane Andrew in Miami when everyone's electricity was out and everyone was at basically the same places for electricity. And so it wasn't like I knew him personally or had any conversations with him during the trial because we were sequestered. But uh, I guess close to a year later, you know, I I did run into him. I said, oh "My God, dear memory! I was your one dash one." You know, because he he's like, I, re- I, I
1: remember you one dash one. I remember. I
0: mean, but that's
1: what a cool yeah. way to actually meet somebody. Because yeah. and also for him, he's like, "Oh, I'm the big cheese." Like, I'm like, you know, I mean, he must have like, was it was it immediate sparks or was it like a slowly built relationship?
0: Well, it wasn't really sparks. I just I gravitate towards very smart people. I like smart people, and I don't really care what area of life they're smart in. (laughs) It could be the law, it could be science, it could be education, it could be common sense, whatever, and I just found him fascinating and very, very smart, so it was just kind of a gradual thing, but then, you know, he just wasn't going to take no for an answer at one point, because I was at that point in my life, like... I don't know that I'm kind of the nine to five lawyer's wife type. You know, I don't know. yeah. And of course it backfired a few times on him, but so what?
1: (laughs) You don't like to, you you say you like to be around smart people. So that must've been really hard for you to do Real Housewives of Miami. It was i was, I was, I was,
0: I was, I was it was a stress. <laughs> it was like uh i guess the adult in the room amongst the petulant toddlers <laughs>
1: <laughs> but by the not, way you have <laughs> you always had this glee about you where like you seem like you were enjoying yourself most of the time which i always get a kick of you know yeah. you seem like this well, is like know, really funny kind of,
0: it is amusing to watch the behavior of people and how far they'll go and the stuff they'll make up and how they convince themselves. I find it like a study in human behavior, but at some point it just becomes exhausting to me. The only part of it I really can't tolerate is the line. If you're, if, if it's all based in fact and truth, come at me. I don't really care. I will justify or explain away or take responsibility for, or admit I was stupid wrong. If it's true, but if yeah. you're just making it up, it's like dealing with, you know, like these QAnoners that are going to see JFK yesterday, <laughs> JFK <laughs> Jr. yesterday. Yeah. I mean, if you're making it up, where, where do you go with that? Well, that, if, that's exactly, what do you do? Mean,
1: we live, we, now we live in this thing where you can just flat out lie and, and you, make it you, up. Yeah, if you keep, like, if you just stick to the lie, eventually there'll be people that believe you. Like that's, there'll be so enough weird.
0: people that, it's so weird there's and no
1: referees for this stuff anymore we can't trust our pol- politicians. we can't even trust our reality stars like it's hysterical yeah, well
0: we know that <laughs> <laughs> that's the criteria
1: for uh, audition <laughs> yeah are you good at lying come on in yeah come um, on in <laughs> um do you bother watching any reality shows now? I mean, I know I uh, you know um, I saw on your Twitter, of course, you had commented on the Erica Jane stuff, but I don't know. Like, you seem busy. Do you even watch? I really this? am
0: busy. You know, it's funny because you know I met Jenny Poulos before I met Jeff, and then I met Jeff, but I never watched the show. But she told me about how the show started and her ex husband and that. And I never really watched the show. And then when we became friends, because he would come to some of my parties and he wants to decorate my kitchen, I said, sure. And then he said, well, can we just film it? I'm like, sure. And then I realized he had a really big show going on. He'd been on 10 yeah. or 11 years and it was a big deal. But I, I didn't think of it that way at the time. And now looking back, I see, you know, I, and I have since gone back and watched a few episodes just to kind of ground myself in like, this is the show. And my, and the housewives, I had never watched any of the shows and they said they originally told us it wasn't a housewife show it was just about you know women and uh I kind of got sucked in on that and then when I when I was already committed I watched a show or two and then I was like uh what did I get myself into and, but you know I honored my commitments and went through with it but I didn't hadn't watched it then so now since then I have watched Uh, Beverly Hills because I know some of the women. I live there half the time and I I like Beverly Hills and I like some of the women and I've watched and followed their show and I've followed Erica's story because anything legal always intrigues me and I watched a little bit of New I watched New York off and on for a few years but you Know, I it isn't doing it for me, so I don't watch that anymore. I was, I've maybe caught a few of you know, some of the other shows, Atlanta or Orange County, but I don't really watch them. Watch them, but if they're T vote, I will T vote them, and sometimes I'll fast forward through them, and sometimes it's a bit delete, and sometimes I'm bored. So it's not like you know, I don't have the time that I used to because I'm so immersed in uh, watching the news.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, but, I mean, but it is interesting. I mean, like, like, once uh, once Trump lost, I stopped which I think a lot of people did. I mean, because for four years I was nonstop. And especially during the pandemic, I was like 24 seven watching the news. Like it was going to help somebody. Like I was like, me watching this is going to help everybody. And it just got me crazy. But then once uh, Trump lost, I was like, okay, I don't have to watch the news anymore. And that's a really dangerous uh, thing to do. It was like a
0: breath of fresh air. Like, finally. But then it got worse because he can't accept any loss so now here comes the you know everything became political the masks are political they're not political in any other country the vaccines are political they're not political in the new country he started this whole we're not gonna let the government tell us what to do thing and i'm the big choose, you know i'm the big macho man and follow me and get your <laughs> guns out and you know <laughs> this alternate universe of really lies it's, it, it's just all one big lie but people turn into certain networks and they watch it and they Thrive on it. It's like they want to believe it. Either they want to believe it or or, or they just, that's just like it brings out the worst in them. I don't know.
1: It's kind of like this weird thing that I almost think didn't start with Housewives, but, you know, we, we turned into a reality show nation where, you know, of course he had his own reality show and things like that. But I find it so funny that, You know CNN, MSNBC, Fox News. It all became kind of reality shows. Like these were like your housewives, but they were in the White House, and they were all. It was like it was so fast. I was like, they're going to start slapping people on live TV like the housewives do.
0: (laughs) I blame Anna Nicole Smith. She started it all. (laughs) 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 That reality
1: show. Um, Yeah, you're right.
0: It became a boom, one big reality show. The news. The cycle and, and current affairs is a reality show. I mean, everything from climate where there, are you know, the Greta and the young girl and all of that, I mean, it's all a reality show.
1: Yeah, and we're I mean it's we're so desensitized to it that it just become our normal everyday thing. So right. when when these bizarre things happen, we got used to it. Like we got I got used to seeing Donald Trump on Twitter. I got used to being enraged by something he wrote. And then when it went away, I was like, Oh my god, do I miss getting oh, that upset? <laughs> yeah, like I was like, I was like shaking, you yeah. know, like um
0: I was longing for the old days with the boring Obama, no drama Obama administration where you didn't really follow the news, you just felt like the world government was working for you and you know you went about your life and then here came this tsunami that we all got sucked into and it's going to take a lot to shake rid of all of it because he unleashed a lot of things that were brewing under the surface Uh, yeah i mean things things were
1: there and he was a spokesperson for those things now and and i'll see what happens but speaking of social media you uh i love your social media like i said but when you were in the housewives it was just It wasn't like it was today. You know, you had that episode where, like, uh, the one girl, you beat me to my tweet, and you know, and that whole drama with that. But you don't, like, now housewives have to fight with each other on Twitter and Instagram. Are you thankful that you don't have to be a part of that, at least?
0: I think it's hilarious when people comment, so-and-so unfollowed so-and-so. So So that (laughs) means now, of course, there's some conflict. (laughs) Like, who in the hell, do you really sit down and watch and see who follows you? I've never, I don't know how to unfollow anybody. You're on my feet, I ignored her, I watched it. Half the people on my feet, Frankie Grande, just started clicking follow, follow, follow one day, and I'm like, who are these people? okay, they must be interesting. I do they take it so seriously, like, oh, Oh, yeah, she unfollowed me. Well, and... (laughs) oh no i I think they take it too 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 far i think i think those social platforms should be used to do good things in the world raise money for good causes inform people information i think that and then the facebook ones I I hate the way Mark Zuckerberg has let it become, you know, a hate fest of uh, insurrectionists and and haters. And the Instagram one is just hilarious. I mean, have you ever seen so many girls take so many selfies of their pets and ass? (laughs) I mean, it's hilarious. I mean, there are some girls that every single day, they're going to take a photo of themselves being fabulous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the- picture
0: hair, hair, makeup, wardrobe, clothes, backdrop photo session, me shooting me. I'm fabulous. Oh my God. I find it hilarious. And then the face tuning, <laughs> the face
1: tuning on top of it, Half of these ladies uh, and guys, too, don't even look like how they look on Instagram because they've, they've like, I mean, the Kardashians structurally completely, they hire artists to, like, completely change their face on Instagram. Well,
0: there's some kind of a filter you can do that with because they always say, well, let me put the filter on it when they want a selfie with me. I'm like, okay, I don't even know where the filter is (laughs) or how to use it. I don't know. But, you know, that was part of the thing about the show when the producer called me and said – Uh, You know, and I'm like, well, how am I going to recognize these girls? Do they have (laughs) fingerprint IDs? Because their faces don't look look the same anymore. How am I going to
1: recognize them? Really? I mean, mean, if heaven exists, I I always if heaven exists, I always wonder if God sees like Khloe Kardashian and and is like, I didn't even recognize you. That's not who I created. (laughs) You know, like I cannot believe. Okay, so I know I got about like 15 more minutes with you. Talk um, long you I, want.
0: We're, we're well, here. Well,
1: Lunch with Leah, You uh your your podcast, I mean, I was listening to episodes today and it's just- Are you I listening think, to it? Yeah, I think you were like, <laughs> you've always been a breath of fresh air. Like that is something that I think is, you know, is it important for you to be communicating with people, whether it be social media, your podcast, your YouTube channel, it seems like you have a lot of strong opinions. Do you like sharing them or is it something you feel you need to share?
0: and it- Started when after the Housewives show, when we were constantly being barded with, it's a show coming back, it's a show coming back. And so then, so then I have done a podcast once before with Frankie Grande called um, Gay is the New Black, I think is what it was. And I just, and then after that, then James, who works here, you know him, he does all the social media stuff. He set yeah. you, this whole thing up. I could never
1: do what this was here. <laughs> Mm -hmm. by the the way, she said that and her, her, uh, her ear AirPods keep falling out of her ears. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because I've never needed a second time in my life. I've used them. (laughs) But anyway, so um, anyway, so so then James said, well, we should just do a podcast to exchange communication with, you know, all the people that watch Housewives. And then we've just been doing it for several years now. We just do it once a week on Wednesdays. It's called Lunch with Leah. And we we put it on uh, YouTube, but we also video it on Facebook Live. And then we just post it so you can get it anywhere you want. But uh, it started out really just kind of pop culture and fun and games. But then I just got so obsessed with the condition of the world that I just have to throw in my opinions. I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you, I just last night I'm just sitting there going, no one talked about the stock, the stock market's the highest it's ever been. No one talked about unemployment's the lowest it's ever been. No one talked about you know, uh, the employment is surging. No one talks about COVID rates are down. No one talks about we're back on the climate agreement. No one talked about any of these things. They're no, but we about we, we
1: talk about Kim Walt Kardashian Disney. and Pete Davidson dating. You know, yes, that's that's what we're excited about.
0: Critical race theory that doesn't exist until you get into college at Harvard. I mean, it's the messaging is just driving me crazy because people aren't recognizing all the great things. They're only focused on these distractions, these shiny objects, and that's what Trump was masterful at. He could throw throw out a shiny object and everyone would just run down, you know, that rabbit hole. And so for me He was, br- he I, was brilliant at it too, he by the way. He that. was really yeah. good at that. Yeah. Most con men are really good at things like that. <laughs> 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 you know, so I think you got to sell and sell and sell your message. Always be selling. And these Democrats are governing, governing, and governing. We'll do that behind closed doors and get out in the public and sell your message. So that was just driving me crazy. So then the podcast kind of started with that, brought in that, and then we did the reality part, and then we do the news part, and then we just make up make fun of everybody and ourselves, and everybody writes and comment back. It's, just, it's like a Seinfeld show. You have the not, best nothing. sense of.
1: You have the best sense of humor about yourself too Which I appreciate You're not like always like on some high horse Which you could be You know, you get the sense that you're a very real person Which uh, uh, I, I just kind of blows me away For who you are, you know Oh, that's
0: funny Well, I don't see myself that way um, Thank you for seeing me that way But I don't see myself that way <laughs> I see myself as a working girl I mean, I, we, we grind it out every day over here We just work it out Well, part? so
1: what, what is going on in the Leah Black universe? Because if you go to LeahBlack.com, you guys um, that actually, and this is good for the holiday season. Uh, you have done a skincare line for, I mean, if, how many years have you been doing that now?
0: Since the early eighties. Yeah. 1984. Yeah. 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 And then I, um, and I had offices all over the world, you know, from France and Germany and, um, I don't know, just everywhere, the Caribbean, Canada, all over. And and then when I sold that company, and then I took a little bit of a break, and then I went and started an online company. And then when the CBD raw ingredients became available, I got on the bandwagon with that with with my genius friend, who's a marketing brilliant guy. And we just pioneered that for years. And he's putting it into internal purposes, and I'm using it for external purposes. And so the CBD line is really, you know, the first big deal I did was sudden use that took off like Oh, that was a big one. And then I did a Biofloor bath line with Joan Collins as the spokesperson and that did very well. And then I kind of just didn't do anything. And then I did the charity and then I started with the CBD line. So the CBD line, the results are just phenomenal. If you go on my Instagram on Tuesdays, we post organic testimonials that just come in from all over the place. So that's is what there, I do
1: now. Is there anything you recommend to make me better looking?
0: oh uh, honey <laughs> stay off the botox i hate it when they start getting those fillers <laughs> and start like the oh i like, can't you know, i can't well i can't afford botox i can't <laughs> afford botox come on
1: one day um well, the
0: big uh the big kit that really started me was a non-surgical facelift kit where you put it i would have them put it on half your face and then take it off and they'll see it toned, firm tight and lifted and the pores are smaller and that really started it and then now i would say that eye oil and maybe the cbd thousand milligram oil i mean we just have some great products they're all scientifically tested they're all you know i mean they they work i don't believe in i don't want to tell someone to do something i don't do and that is all that i use i'm not i don't like that i don't like people that sell something like every housewife's got a widget i'm great with a widget. If you're passionate about it and something you've really been doing your whole life and you've been waiting for this platform to put it on, I'm not on board with just creating a widget because you have a platform and you want to sell something. Yeah, I was shocked
1: when that. I went to the website and seen since 1984. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I've been. You've been doing, I mean, like that, that actually is another kind of comforting thing. Like you've been doing this, you've been in this for the long haul instead of just some quick, because we do see that with all the housewives and Vanderpump rules is that like, I'm going to do a lip kit line or I'm going to do this. And you're like, you don't, you're not in the lab for the last 20 years, you know?
0: Well, you know, when I was on the show, I had an idea for each one of those girls and, but they just couldn't see the forest for the trees. I wanted to do a nutrition, health, being uh, with one of them. I wanted to do a lingerie thing with one of them. I had different things I wanted them to be the face of. And I was going to set up the marketing and the branding and the product and the shipment and the customer service and do all of that for them. But they couldn't get past the mirror to get into any of that. So it didn't, it didn't work out. But I, I had a vision for all of them because I thought all of them had a unique thing that they could make uh, available and yeah. also would be good because I would do the product control and make sure this product did what it said it was going to do or it was the best that it could be. It wouldn't just be lick and stick yeah. and put your name on something, you know?
1: Do you still talk to any of the ladies?
0: Well, I've spoken to Lisa recently and Larsa recently and Joanne recently. And actually, Anna even called me recently and the others know.
1: It's going to be weird to see Larsa because we didn't see her since the first season and her life is Completely changed from what we saw on the first season right. with Scotty and the kids. And, and she's right. I, I'm I'm actually really excited to see her storyline just because her life has really changed period so yeah. yeah. So a different. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh speaking of Erica Jane, as we start winding down, um okay. you follow this a little bit, and you have a very interesting uh perspective just because of your law background your husband and things like that where do you see this going i mean i think people kind of have this opinion of like they're going to arrest her on the fourth part of the reunion and they're going to like bust her and all of this craziness when in reality people don't realize there's been no criminal charges pressed. like there's no proof that she knew anything do you have any opinions on this
0: my opinion is that this guy who really put on a he was probably in his heyday a very brilliant lawyer he couldn't have won all those cases if he wasn't for some reason he got greedy and became dishonorable or dishonest or maybe he was all along and it came at a bigger scale I think if there was anyone in the world that he would want to shelter his misbehaving from it would have been her because that was his big showpiece and I think he did probably love and adore her and he would protect her from it. So I don't think she knew what was going on. And when you're married to someone that's got 17 lawyers in the law firm, you're just assuming if they put something in front of you to sign it, well, they know more about it than you do. So I don't see how you hold someone that, you know, sings and dance and presses around and, you know, leotards and bikinis, respons- <laughs> that has no background in law or finance <laughs> or any of that. How do you hold them responsible for something this guy twice your age much smarter in that that arena than her. He couldn't sing or dance, so that's not as flight. But you <laughs> hold somebody was like that responsible, you know? And I think people want to punish her because they either think she knew, which I don't think she did, or they don't like the fact that she had this glamorous life for all these years on other people's minds.
1: That's and it. And she that's hasn't
0: it. done herself any favors in how she's handled that aspect of it publicly. But I think in her heart of hearts, it's tormenting and I'm sure she's devastated and I'm sure she, no one was more shocked and hurt than her, but it's just the way she hasn't yet been able to, she's so defensive and she's so hurt and she's probably operating from fear and the lawyers are probably telling her not to say anything. And so she hasn't come across as the, you know, sympathetic, he, he ruined my life too girl. And people want to punish her because she's that fancy, fabulous thing living in Beverly Hills. And they think that that, that should be somebody else. And I, I mean, I think that all those victims should be compensated a thousand times over. But I think you go to the law firm, go to the Chamber of Commerce that gave him tons of awards. You go to the bar that overlooked everything he ever did. You go to all those people and say, you are the big enablers here. She was just the beneficiary. So yeah. I just don't see where all the vitriol is coming from.
1: Well, I think, it but you said it exactly. I think it's like when somebody doesn't apologize and all of this stuff and, you know, we then just see this, then we go back and all the things that we celebrate yeah. housewives for, the riches that we want them to show us, that can also is a double-edged sword because then once you find out yeah. that it's possibly ill-gotten, then people come down really hard and she's not apologizing. Yeah. So, you know, um, uh, you've lived in Miami for how long now? Uh, I
0: lived in Palm Beach and... The '90s, and I moved here in the mid '90s, and then I lived in Miami before that in the end of the in the end of the '80s. Back in the drug heyday, I lived here when
1: well, everything was fabulous oh. and glamorous and, and beyond. <laughs>
0: well, that's what it was. It was Everyone cool. had a Rolls Royce.
1: And a I just out. watched uh, cocaine, <laughs> cowboys and yeah. cocaine Cowboys, and your husband was mentioned Cocaine Cowboys, and I was like, I was like, the Miami of those '80s seemed wild. Like yeah. it just seemed like yeah. the club experience yeah. and all of this stuff. Uh, I was like, I can. I was fascinated by that, but I mean, is Miami today? is it someplace that you're like this still is home do you see it changing much because i know a lot of florida, florida it's very
0: it's multicultural very i think the work ethic has gone down i think that um you know there's the whole beach segment that they just want to see be seen party and be fabulous and then there's the whole you know legal business community that works hard and then there's everybody else is just kind of a wannabe and they come here to kind of reinvent who they are and And you don't have any way to know because they grew up in some other country and speak some other language and they come here and all of a sudden they were, oh, I was the descendant of, you know, the queen of Spain, you know, when it's just all, uh, so there's a lot of wannabes here for me, you know, I, I, I see the good and the bad in Miami. I don't fool myself. I I'm totally shocked at how many people don't believe there's a virus. How many people don't get a vaccine? How many people don't want to wear a mask? That is shocking. You know, but there are a lot of very hardworking people here, and I think they're undervalued and underappreciated by people that just think they're better than them. And that bothers me. So I'm always trying to help that segment of the population one way
1: or the other. How is your housekeeper? Is she still bossing you around? Oh, how, how my is, God. is she letting you have a day off? Is, is it? Never. Uh...
0: I work for her. There's no doubt about it. Now she's shipping a box a week or a suitcase a week to Ecuador. I don't know what she's up to. I'm like, Trader, it's cheaper to buy it there. It's cheaper to buy it there. But yesterday, this.
1: this
0: juicer came in the size of a desk and she's shipping it to ecuador i'm like i'm like really afraid are they gonna make juice they're gonna make juice they can't do you think the mangoes off the trees you know it's just and with her her English and my Spanish is it's just a sitcom. <laughs> I've just right. to surrender. Uh, I've surrendered.
1: I mean, I was laughing out loud at some of your guys' scenes. I that was like really funny, like actually funny to watch. Um uh and finally, Ben and Ronnie when they came on, they've been on a bunch and they always talk so highly of you. But I do want to like it is true. I said at the beginning, they did take you to was it Ross Dressed for Less for the first time? Oh yeah. And yeah, you loved you know, it. They said you loved I it. Love-
0: it because there's one here that Freda goes to all the time but I never paid any attention I just saw the box you know the, the plastic bags come in with Ross on it and so on Sunset Boulevard near my house in in LA there's a Ross there and so I don't know why we went there I think Ronnie said let's go to Ross I mean I never had so much fun <laughs> and then just I was just so- this <laughs> little oh, yeah. mean, you know, Van Cleef necklace that you're not cheap, you know, the Alhambra Lakes. And this woman came up to me. She recognized me from the show. She goes, Leah from Miami from the house. Oh my God, I love that necklace. I have the same one. I bought it right down the street at <laughs> and you know, like the dollar store. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is my world. I love it. Oh and my God.
1: I, I wanted that on fabulous. T I wanted that on TV so bad. I was like, I would just watch you going into stores that you've it never was been
0: hilarious. In. I mean you can get candles for like two dollars <laughs> <It's laughs> hilarious i had so much fun the dogs bought little toys for the dogs and oh my i god. mean i was just buying it all up you know and ronnie was like my god then we went to the dollar store too i mean that was my next big hit i <laughs> love that one i mean you can $30 and you got two big things. It's you
1: know? a, a, it's a shopper's dream. It's a shopper. Um a dream. Leah, Leah Black, I you are so amazing. I hope you'll come back some other time because you could talk about anything and it, have it be funny and fascinating <laughs> and all that stuff. Uh LeahBlack.com, you guys, that's where we want to put you. If you want to get any of these products that we talked about, I'm gonna put that on the show description. Yeah, Go I think subscribe. we have a promo code, some right now
0: where they get 30% off, James. Oh, heck What's yeah. promo is code. Is there a promo code right now? They go to leahblack.com and, and there's a 30% off offer right now. One way or the other, you'll get it. If not, you email us at hello at leahblack and we'll take care of you.
1: And Yeah, just just yeah. Keep, just keep email her and just say you liked her on the show oh, too. leahblack.com. Um, um, yeah. uh...
0: Tweet me, tweet me, tell me you agree with all my political, this is, all my political opinions, you agree with them. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, I, I definitely agree with everything that you say. And hopefully I get to meet you in person someday in L.A. Yeah, where and
0: are you, by the way? Are I'm in, in West,
1: West Hollywood. Yeah. 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 Oh,
0: you're right by me. We're yeah. Then you will. Well, when I will, you'll, come to, you'll tell Ronnie whenever I have a party to make sure you
1: come. Oh, that would be a dream come true. Uh, of course. Uh, good luck with your, your show today. And uh, we definitely support you. And hopefully uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
0: Mm, thank uh, you. Say say bye to my little baby that um, sat my left the whole time. <laughs> what is her
1: is that a, is that a sheary. Baby,
0: it's a five hey, pound poodle. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, bye baby. You did great bye. today, baby.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Leah. Bye. Betches.